Joshua chapter 3 this morning. Open up your Bibles, something to take notes with. We are going to go right into this. We got a lot to cover this morning in a little bit of time. So are you ready for it? Awesome. Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I'm just going to start reading through and kind of share a few thoughts as we go, as we uh, get headed into our time this morning of the message. Are you thankful for who's sitting next to you? Simon, do you need somebody to sit with you? Or are you good on your own? Oh, man. Simon, man of God. Amen. Anybody? Simon Frazee. We love him. Front row by himself like a man. I love it. So Joshua chapter 3, um, if you were with us a couple years ago, we spent a lot of time in Joshua chapter 1 for like a year and uh, at least encouraged me. And now we're in Joshua chapter 3 for this morning. Uh, the, what's happening in these first three chapters of Joshua is God is transitioning his people, the people of Israel, God's family. He's transitioning them from hundreds of years of holding on to a promise that God had given them that he was going to move them into a certain land and give them this land so that he could bless them. And he wanted to give his people this land and bless them so so that the rest of the world could see, oh wow, that's what it looks like to follow God. He, that's what it looks like to walk in the blessing of God. I want to do that too. God was raising up one family to bless all the families. Somebody say, it's not all about me. It's not all about me. So God is transitioning them here in Joshua from hundreds of years of all kinds of stuff, moving them into the promised land. They've been under the leadership recently of a man named Moses, who maybe you've heard of before. Joshua is taking over. And in Joshua 1, 2, and 3, God is setting the stage and saying, okay, it's been a long time of holding on to this promise. Uh, I, I've been with you this whole time, but now I'm moving you in to the next thing that we're doing. Joshua 1, God is giving that promise. Joshua 2. There's a lot of stuff going on here in Joshua 3. We're getting to the point where God has said, okay, Joshua, for real now, in a couple of days, we're going into this spot, and this is what God says, and this is what happens. It says this in verse, uh, chapter, verse 1 of chapter 3 in Joshua. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, we'll call it, in church, and they came to the Jordan. He and all the people of Israel... And they lodged there before they passed over. And at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and you shall follow it. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, that was, that was where the presence of God dwelled. Now he dwells in us by the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And somebody in church said, thank you, God. That's good. And so the Ark of the Covenant was the symbol of the presence of the Lord. So Joshua sends, the people, sends his uh, priests and the officers out to everybody, and he tells them, okay, for real now, we're, we're moving forward. We're going into the next thing God's doing. So the way you're going to know that it's time is when you see the Ark of the Covenant moving, pick up your family, pick up your stuff, get everything, and just start following. When you see the Ark of the Covenant going, when you see God on the move, drop everything and follow. When you see God moving, that's how you know to follow. When you see the presence of God moving from here to the next place, don't stay where you are. Follow the presence of God. Is that good for you this morning? Verse 4, he says, Yet there shall still be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way that you shall go for you have not passed this way before. This is so interesting to me. As, as I'm reading it, I start thinking, oh man, God, what the heck? That's like a long stiff arm, 2,000 cubits. Like, follow me, but don't get too close. And I, I just think, what, what's that all about? Well, the good news is, you just keep reading the verse. He says, don't come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you know, have not passed this way before. God is moving 
his people into something new. And God's strategic in the way that he leads us and the way that he leads his people. And he tells them, when you see me moving, just follow me. I will show you, I will show you the way. And he's setting them up for success because he doesn't tell them what the road is going to look like. He doesn't tell them what they're going to encounter on the road. The rest of the book of Joshua is like another 20-something chapters with battles. and He doesn't lay out all of that kind of stuff. He just says, we're going, and if you'll just follow me, you'll have everything that you need. So he's saying, just keep your eyes on my presence. You've never gone this way before, but if you'll, if you'll just keep your eyes on me, then I'll show you everything that you need. You haven't passed this way before. You're gonna go places you've never been. You're gonna do things you've never done if you wanna see things you've never seen. And I want to show you some things you've never seen. So just keep your eyes on me. Verse 5, he continues. And then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Again, he, Joshua doesn't lay out what's all going to happen. Joshua doesn't know what all's going to happen. He just knows that God's going to move. We'll keep our eyes on him. But this is where the people have a part to play in stepping in to where God is taking them. And Joshua is, is saying to them, you don't know what God's going to do. You don't know what it's going to look like. And we don't, God's not telling us that part. But what we do know is what we can do for our part. Consecrate yourselves today because tomorrow God is going to do something crazy and you need to be ready for it. Make choices today to be ready for what God wants to do tomorrow. He's saying God's going to move you further into the promise than you've ever seen. He's going to take you deeper into his presence than you've ever been. He's going to show you more of who he is. He's going to fulfill the promises on your life, so get ready so you don't miss it. God can do what only he can do. Now you consecrate yourself. Live clean is what that means, consecrate. Just, just make choices in your life to separate yourself from anything that could hold you back so that you can stay focused on where God is taking you. You need to be okay with things changing. You need to orient your life not around where you've been. They've been 40 years in a desert wandering. They had their tents. They had their way of doing things. But, but, but Joshua says, consecrate yourself. Separate yourself from the way that it's been so that you can be ready to do where you're going. You can be able to do what God's calling you to where you're going. Around the corner, God is gonna do something next. Verse six, he says this. And Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. I think in verse six, we basically get a practice round. Joshua is saying, we're moving in. We're going into this whole thing tomorrow. Consecrate yourselves. When the Ark of the Covenant passes before you, that's when you know you're gonna be ready to go. In verse six, he says, hey, priest, why don't y'all just go ahead and pass before everybody so they know what's gonna look like. Joshua didn't know exactly what was coming around the corner, but he just said, the one thing we can do as a people is we can prepare. We can consecrate ourselves and we can practice seeing the presence of God so that when he starts moving, we know what it looks like. God's moving his people into something new. I wanna preach a message to you this morning. Go ahead and write this at the top of your notes. A message simply titled, I'm part of the family. I'm part of the family. I'm part of the family. Our lives, following Jesus, this thing we do called church, it's not something that's just happening. Like, you aren't just happening. Church isn't just this thing that happens. It, it isn't just one thing that leads to the next on this linear timeline of your life. You're born, you have these relationships, you do church, you die, and then we're over. This, you, individually, us, together, all of this is not just part of the linear timeline of your life, we're actually all part of, of the great storyline, the great story of God. You are part of the story of God. 
and you are part of the family of God. We, as a church, are part of this story, this story in Joshua chapter 3, the story of what God's been doing in the world all from the beginning, the story of what God is going to do next in Indianapolis and in the nations. We are part of the story because we are part of the family. We are part of the family. And I believe that just like in Joshua chapter 3, as God was moving his people into something next, that as we look forward, as we get closer to the year 2019 together as a family, I believe that God's gonna move us deeper into the presence, into the promises of God. I believe it for us individually. I believe it for you individually. And I believe it for us together as a church. Call me crazy, but I genuinely believe and am fully bought in to the fact that 2019 is gonna be the best year ever. It's going to be the best year ever. For us, it's going to be the best year ever for you. We're going to see God more than we've ever seen him before. We're going to know God more than we've ever known him before. We're going to be impacted more than we've ever been impacted before. We're going to impact more people than we've ever impacted before. We're going to see God do things we've never seen God do before. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be an awesome year in 2019. We're going to serve more, see more miracles, give more, hope more. All of these things, 2019 is going to be a great year. I hope you're convinced. I think it's going to be the best year ever. And when I look at us as a church, I love what has happened in the last two and a half years for us as a church. Looking back, uh, we just had a, a meeting with some leaders yesterday in our living room, and I thought, wow, this is where our church started, and this was about the size of it <laughs> in our living room. And in two and a half years, God has done so much. God's done more than I could have ever imagined in me personally. And, and looking around the room and knowing just some of what God's doing, it's been incredible. Have you had a fun ride, however long you've been on this ride? It's been fun. It's been fun. I love what God has done. I love what God is doing right now. And I love what God is going to do next. I believe that what we've seen can't even touch what we're about to see. And when I read Joshua chapter 3, when I see how God was leading his people in Joshua chapter 3, I think it's a great place for us to spend some time on November 11th, 2018, as January 1st, 2019 comes before us. Because I believe that if we're going to be a people that are expecting 2019, expecting God to do more, expecting God to lead us more into the promises of God. If we want to see God do things that he has promised to do, then we have to know what our part to play is as well. We want to play our part as well. We have a responsibility as we look forward to prepare, to consecrate ourselves, to orient ourselves around what's coming next so that we're ready for it, whatever it's going to look like. Whatever the road's going to look like. See, our, our responsibility when we're walking with God, it's not, it's not to figure everything out. Our responsibility in walking with God is not really to know the plan. We get a promise, but how many of you know you usually don't get the plan? <laughs> Anybody else in the middle of a plan unfolding that you don't quite fully understand? You're part of the plan. You just don't know the plan. <laughs> Our responsibility isn't just to, isn't to have everything figured out, but we do have a responsibility to get ready, to prepare ourselves so that when we know that God's going to move, when he starts to do those things, we know what is, we, we recognize his presence, we recognize that he's moving, and we jump in and we follow him on where he's taking us. So that's why I think it's great for us to spend some time here this morning saying, what does it look like to prepare for the thing that God is doing next? 
And I don't know all the details of that, but I think that we can spend some time talking about it. I want to invite you in personally, individually. I want to, I want to have this time because I, I think, I know for me, I've gotten into the habit of letting the year end be a time to say, okay, God, what are you going to do next? How can we, how can I respond personally? We do that as a church, but that might be new for you. And I want to uh, maybe introduce you and challenge you to spend some time on this as the year ends, as we, end in, as we get into this year end season, to believe God for what's going next then know that 2018 still has a lot of potential in it, that God still wants to share more with you. God still wants to speak more over your life. God still wants to tell you more of where he's taking you, and God wants to tell you the steps you can take so that you don't miss it, because God wants you to be a part of it, because you're part of the family. You're part of the family. So for us as a church, I want to just share a little bit this morning about what it looks like to be part of the family. As we look forward into the next year, I want to make it really clear for all of us, when we, are, when we say we're a family, what does it mean to be part of the family? It, it, it sounds great. We all love talking family, but getting into the nitty-gritty of how you actually work out family can have some complications. We need some clarity. We want to know that we're all on the same page. So there's five kind of pillars of church that we talk about a lot around in here. If, you, if you've been around, you've probably heard these things before. Uh, there's just five pillars that we're, we're committed to, we're committed to practicing, we're committed to growing in as the people of God and as a local church. Um, I did a series on, on these things uh, this summer, if you were around. It was a series called The Five Rooms, is what we called it, and uh, I really encourage you to go back and listen to it if you weren't here for it or if you want a refresher. This morning, I'm obviously not gonna go into the depth of that because we just have one time together instead of five. Uh, so we're going to do a little brief overview. I encourage you to go back and listen to that if you, if you want more. But I want to do an overview to sort of help us be envisioned for what this family is all about and give us clarity for what it looks like for all of us to be on board going forward because God is on the move. Amen. So I want to share a few things that we're going to be doing kind of as a staff and as, a, as sort of the, the organized church, whatever, the staff that we're going to be doing to help with these things and also invite you into what your part to play is as well. So the first pillar that I want to talk about, the first thing that we believe church is built on is personal devotion. We, we say, we use the language spending time with God, spending time with Jesus. And as we go through these five things, I want you to understand this is a, this is a picture of the whole five things. None of these things are the whole thing. They all get to make up the bigger picture, right? So the first thing that we've got to be built on as the people of God is spending time with Jesus. And if you've been in church, or especially if you've been around here, you've probably heard about this. We, we can talk a lot about this. Um, if you're new to church, this might be kind of a new concept to you. Uh, you may not even really believe in Jesus, and let alone spending time with a guy that lived 2,000 years ago. How's that work out? But we believe that the gospel isn't just that Jesus was alive and even died on a cross for our sins, but he raised from the dead. And he filled us with the spirit of God so that we could walk with him. And he has invited us into a relationship that he likened to a branch and a vine. And he says, just connect, abide, connect with me like a branch and a vine. Because just like a branch, you can't do anything without me. A branch can't do anything without a vine. But when the branch is plugged in, it does what branches are supposed to do. Right? You don't see branches laying on the ground like, bear fruit, like, squeeze them out, you know, like doesn't work like that. You just plug that thing into the vine and the, here comes the fruit. And Jesus is saying, I am life. Plug into me and you will have everything that you're made for. And we want to be a people who spend time with Jesus. This can be kind of complicated and it's, I know that this is something in church. I know that it's even been true in my own life and have so many conversations all the time where spending time with Jesus, it sounds awesome. 
like, wow, okay, yeah, let's do that. And then you can even leave like a message or a sermon and be really encouraged, like, I'm gonna spend time with Jesus. But then when it comes to the nitty gritty of doing it, like it can be kind of hard because even if you do pull off waking up early, then you're kind of like, okay, now what do I do? Anybody else ever been there? You even got your cup of coffee and it's like, okay, I got my Bible. Like, it's big. (laughs) Where do I start? And so my goal in 2019 is to destroy every roadblock for you spending time with Jesus. I'm taking it on myself. Sam and I, as, as staff, we're like, we're gonna, we're gonna take these roadblocks out. So here's, what, here's some roadblocks that I think step in front of us and where we wanna go. Because I believe that, you know, a lot of times, especially the people in this room, if you're not spending time with Jesus consistently, like it's not because you're a bad person and don't like God and don't want to. Like there's just some legitimate roadblocks that come up and it's like, okay, how how do I do this? So I think one thing that can get in our way of spending time with Jesus is like an ambiguous definition of what it means to like be ready to do that. You know, like that's for the spiritual people. And if, if that's kind of a thought that you have, I bet if I were to ask you, okay, what, what's the definition of that spiritual person that's ready? Your answer would probably be like, well, I don't know, but not me. Like, they've probably got whoever they are, they've probably got it, whatever it is, together better than I do. <laughs> and so we're gonna take away the ambiguity. Here's the definition of when you know you are ready to have awesome times with God, when you want to. If you want to, you're ready. Cool? Great. First roadblock destroyed. Getting rid of the ambiguity. The second ones are, I I think, a little bit past that. One is like, I don't have time. I don't have time to spend time with God. I don't have time to wake up early or life is busy and full and all of those sorts of things. And then, again, like I already mentioned, like, okay, so even if I do make the time, what do I do? What do I do? So in order to take down these roadblocks, these aren't like the end game, which is I want to do everything we can do to help Take, help you take your first step forward in growing and spending time with God. And this is gonna be something that I'm gonna be doing in my own personal life too. But I've, we've, we've consulted with our friends at Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and whoever invented email and realized that we're all spending time on these things anyways. So you don't need any more time to be on those things. And if we can just tell you what to do on one of these things that you're already spending time on, then there's no way that you won't know what to do when you do make the time because you're already spending time on all of these things. Sound good? So there's like tons of details, all that kind of stuff, but I want you to be on the lookout and believe that in 2019, you are gonna grow in spending time with God because there's no longer any, you're no longer disqualified. You don't have to create any more time because you're already spending time on all of these things, and so we're just gonna put Jesus in all these things that we're already spending time doing, and they're all gonna explain to you things you can do to connect with God. And no, I'm not saying if you like an Instagram post, that counts as spending time with God. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I want you to do is I want you to be on the lookout for uh, the different platforms that we're gonna be putting information out. Every weekday of the year, we are gonna put something out in front of you where you already are that, put, that gives you something that you can practically do to connect with God. If you want a, kind of an overview of what this could look like last week, we kind of made an experiment, and we put something out every day. Um, it was at least on Instagram. We're just trying. I want you to go back and look at that, especially if you're on Instagram. Uh, if you're not on Instagram, download our app, and you can access our Instagram, and you don't have to get distracted by everything else, which is kind of good. So that's my wife's jam, because she's not on Instagram, and that's great. Um, but every day, there was something that, that we're, we're taking, and we're saying, okay, here's, here's a thought based on what God's speaking to us on Sunday mornings. Here's a thought that we're taking from that, connected to the Bible, and here's a question you can ask God right now to connect with him and something that you can respond to. 
That will change your life. Scanning past it, liking it, and even commenting, wow, so encouraged, not going to do anything for you. If you will stop, and if you will take 30 seconds, that's better than zero seconds. Or you can spend an hour doing it. But if you will spend time, and I'm just going to throw this out there. If you'll give it three months of engaging every single day with that thing that gets put on there, even if you just take 30 seconds, I promise you, your walk with God will be radically different than it is right now. And I'm not saying if you don't do this, you didn't count spending time with God. Don't, let's not get weird about this, right? This is a tool, right? Okay, we good? We're not getting weird. So spending time with God, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna spend time with God in 2019. So we're gonna spend time with God in 2019. And I promise you, the person sitting next to you, when they start doing this, you're gonna look up in a few months and think, wow, you are radically different. And you personally are gonna know Jesus better. It's gonna be a great year in 2019. Somebody say amen. Second pillar is making disciples. We want to be people who spend time with Jesus, a people of personal devotion. But what God's doing in you, it's not just for you. And God has invited you. Part of the call on your life is to make disciples. And that's another word that can get really ambiguous. Sometimes if you ask 100 different church people what discipleship means, you'll get like 110 different answers. All we mean is help somebody follow Jesus. That's what it means. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Teach people to obey me. Teach people to know me. Teach people to walk with me and as you walk with me as well. And so we're gonna be a people who make disciples. And again, we're gonna try to make this super easy because if you will be spending time with God on these tools that we're giving you, all you have to do is ask another person what it was like when they did it too. And all of a sudden, you are helping that person follow Jesus. Roadblock to, to making disciples can be like, well, I don't have time, right? I don't have time for more meetings. And that's so true for so many people. <laughs> like, you don't have time to get with people and lining up schedules is hard. And then another thing, what do I do? Okay, so we got to lunch, but like, am I supposed to be some like spiritual expert? Because that's definitely not me. Or like, is there some curriculum we're supposed to be doing? Or like, great, we're at lunch. What do we do next? I want to take the ambiguity out of it and give you a tool as a first step that if you, can com- if you want, again, you're ready to make disciples when you want to. And if you want to, we're gonna give you one option all year, every single day that you can do to have impact in somebody else's life, in, in your life group, in a discipleship group, or whatever. So for example, one of the things we did this last week, uh, we put something out that it hit us on the five lessons of the spiritual gift that we hit last week. If you were here, you know what I'm talking about. So let's take one uh, was like uh, personal passion. And we said, you know, ask God what, ask God to introduce his passion into your life today. And you may do the same things you're doing already, but do it with the passion and the fire of God. So ask him where he's inviting you to live passionately today, not just live. And so I, I actually wrote that and, and I did it and I put it out. And then I thought, well, I'm not gonna be a hypocrite and just put it out there. I'm gonna do this, right? So I, I asked God and I just realized, oh my gosh, I was just about to do my whole day and go through the motions. And I was gonna do all the stuff I normally do and, and it was gonna be fine. But like, God, give me your passion today. And different meetings, different conversations throughout the day, I, I realized, oh my gosh, God, like, I, God is giving me passion right now. God is putting a fire in me. He's giving me bigger vision. He's giving me more hope. And all of a sudden, I walked with God better that day. And it was awesome. So that was how I spent time with Jesus. The really easy way to make disciples is to text somebody else in your life group and say, hey, today, we were set, today the thing was, ask God how you can live passionately or whatever. Here's what God said to me. Here's how I responded. What about you? 
and just see where the conversation goes. That's what it looks like for us to walk with Jesus. Because, you know, it's like, oh, people who make disciples, they're the ones with plans. And they don't, they're not busy. And they're spiritually perfect. And no, it's just people who are willing to have conversations. And say, here's what I'm learning and spending time with. Here's what I'm learning following God. What about you? Let's do this together. So I want to invite you into 2019. Have it be a year of let's do this together. We're going to make disciples in 2019. Amen? So be ready. It's going to be fun. So just like the spending time with God, I dare you, I dare you to take at least once a week for the first three months of 2019, I dare you to consistently and intentionally ask somebody what God is doing in them in those times. And not only is your life gonna be different in spending time with God, but you will, I promise you, you will be part of somebody else being transformed by the presence of God. God can use you. God's ready to use you. Way more than you think he is, way more than you're ready for, God is ready to use you, if we'll just take our simple steps forward. Our third pillar is life group. Life group is incredible. Life group is tons of fun. And instead of me talking about it, I'm gonna have somebody else come up and talk about it. Does anybody else love Mr. Daniel Toner? Come on up, Daniel. Come on. <laughs> this guy's awesome. I just wanna say this. The other day, I was talking to Sam about something, and Sam's pretty creative. He's done a lot of creative things. And he goes, man, that guy, he's got more creativity in his pinky than I have in my whole body. <laughs> Love you. Thanks. Not setting the bar high at all or anything. Yeah, no, you're yeah. good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm Daniel Toner. Uh, my wife is Kristen right there. Anybody know Kristen? Yes. By the way, she just had a big birthday yesterday. Uh, so we moved uh, to Indianapolis uh, about a year ago for me, a year and a half ago for her. We got married in January. Uh, and started coming to Antioch around February. Um, and for a bunch of different reasons, and what I'm going to call excuses, we <laughs> didn't really join a life group until September. Um, and, you know, for us, this has been a huge part of growing in community, growing in family, um, and becoming a, an integral part of this church, and this church becoming a part of our lives. Um, if you don't feel like you know people, join a life group. We now know people in this church way better than we did before we got here. And I'm not just talking about acquaintances. I'm not just talking about like, oh, I, I've met them before. I, I remember their name this time because um, I'm terrible at names. Um, I'm talking about like knowing people truly, like becoming friends, knowing the challenges they're facing and being there to support them in a meaningful way. Um, there are a lot of really inspiring men and women of Christ in this room. And if you feel like you can know them, want to know them better, be inspired by them, join a life group. You get to spend time with them. There's awesome people here. Um, and we get to spend time with them in life group, and it's great. Um, for us, uh, our life group's on Monday night. For Kristen and myself, it's a really great way to start our week. Um, it kind of focuses us back in on what's important and really sets us up to, to have a good week um, in, a, in a lot of different ways. Um, it also makes our relationship with God and with people in this church a priority. Um, Sunday for us, because we don't work on Sundays most of the time, um, it's kind of easy to come to church, but making Monday a priority to remind ourselves that this is a part of our daily lives has been a really good thing. And, and we've been trying to consistently go when, when we're in town, and it's, it's been great. Um, 
And it keeps us talking. It keeps us focused in on our new marriage um, on what's important um, and kind of grows us together towards God um, in new and exciting ways every week. Um, so if you're not in a life group, join a life group. Um, you can try them out. There's lots of different life groups with lots of different collections of people. Um, and you're more than welcome to, to come and, and test them out on the app or on the website. You can find out who's in charge and uh, get in contact with them. They can give you more details about when, when they all meet. So awesome. join a life group. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Thanks, <laughs> so good. So good. Raise your hand if you're in a life group. Okay, if you're not one and you have questions, keep them up. If you're not in one and you have questions, you're probably sitting next to somebody who can give you some answers. It's that easy. We love Life Group around here. We'd love to have you jump in and be more a part of the family. I love what Daniel said. Not only has their life been impacted, but if you go ask anybody in their life group if they are better because the toners have jumped in, it's also a place where you get to have impact. It's not just a place that impacts you. That's Life Group. The fourth pillar of church that, that is part of what we do is this on Sunday mornings. And uh, this is fun, I think. And that's, I think it's okay that that's a huge reason why we do it, because this is fun, and it's encouraging, and we all get together and bring our crazy weeks and lives, our highs and lows, and we just get to have the rhythm of getting together with a bunch of other people in the room. And I, I love that Sunday morning isn't the only thing that makes church, but there are special things that happen on Sunday morning that can only happen on Sunday morning, right? And, and I think that's true about every single one of these things. There's, there's, hap- there's things that happen in your time with God that, that aren't going to happen anywhere else. There's, there's ways that you grow making disciples that you don't grow any other way. There's, there's ways that you know God through being a part of life group or something like that, that that doesn't happen any other way. And I just am amazed consistently at things that God does in this room during these times, during these few minutes we have together in a week, that it's like, man, I just feel like that only happens on Sunday mornings. It's such a, such a blast, such so much fun to be here. And I just encourage you that like it matters when you're here. You, you, you are a huge contribution. Because if you weren't here, then the person sitting next to you wouldn't have you to sit next to. And you're awesome. And so you're making their life better today. And that's, that's great. So I, I hope that Sunday morning can continue. I hope it, I hope it is a place that, where you're fed, where you're inspired, where you're encouraged. And I hope that also you can know that every time you come, you're part of that happening for somebody else as well. People serve you and you get to serve people just by being here. We love being here on Sunday mornings. And the last pillar of what we do in church is living on mission. Like we say all the time, and we've said several times this morning, what God's doing in you is it's about you, but it's not all about you. And God wants to use you. God wants to use us. The gospel is the truth, that God takes broken people, makes, helps them be born again so that the old gets passed away, the new comes, he empowers us with, our, with his spirit so that we can be a part of his great story. It's true for all of us, and it's true for you. And I believe that in 2019, God wants to show you more of how he wants to use you. I believe that God is going to do more in your neighbors, more in your coworkers, more in your family, more in your friend groups, more than you've ever seen before. And I think that if we'll believe it, if we'll prepare our lives, because really, if we'll do the other four things, I think this one is a little bit of a byproduct. If we're consistently spending time with God, if we're orienting our lives, prioritizing, investing in other people, if we're getting together with the people of God to be encouraged, inspired, and seek the presence of God, he's going to (laughs) leak. He's going to leak all over your life. And you're going to see God move through you. Say, God wants to use me. (laughs) Cool. 
2019. <laughs> Say, God wants to use me. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love it. Why, are we, why is that so easy? Like, church. church. <laughs> Saved, bro. You know, <laughs> let's be happy. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. So those are our five pillars of what it means to be a church. And you are part of this family. And I hope that this makes it really clear about what it looks like to be a part of this family. And I, I know it's kind of a lot. And that's true because, like, Jesus changes everything. He just does. And I believe that if we will consecrate ourselves, if we will prepare ourselves to, to choose to orient ourselves around these things, 2019 is going to be the craziest year any of us have ever had personally and the craziest year we've had yet as a church. We will consecrate ourselves today because tomorrow God's going to do great things, great things. So as a staff, there's going to be different things like I've shared that we're, we're trying to grow and get better at, at doing everything we can do to try to take away roadblocks, to try to equip you. And I'm, and I'm just excited. I'm, ask Sam. Like I told Heather the other day, I'm like, something's going on. Every day, still at lunch, I haven't even finished one cup of coffee, and I'm like jittery. I'm just like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like I'm ready to work harder than I've ever worked. I'm ready to believe harder than I've ever believed. I want to serve more than I've ever served. I want to just keep giving my life more than I've ever given it. I'm, I'm excited for 2019. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. So that's what, that's what we want to do, because kind of Antioch. But, and I also want to now invite you into some different ways as we head into 2019 that you can be a part of running full head of steam into 2019. Because again, we can say God's moving us into the promise. We can go after these pillars and say, we're going to grow in this stuff. But like, that's not really a plan, right? That's just preparation. We don't know exactly what it's all going to look like, and we're going to spend the year working it out, and we're going to grow. It's not like January 1's going to hit, and it's like, wow, everything's different. I guess, I don't know, maybe, but that's not the point, you know, but it's just saying we're, we're committed. We're going to run into this race. Here's what the next leg of the journey looks like for us as kind of the, the big vision down the road. As far as the plan, I don't know, but I know we've got now in some ways that we can be preparing. So we are doing what we can do uh, as a staff to prepare for, for doing these things and, and taking these things head on. And I wanna invite you into two specific ways that you can be participating right now to get ready to help all of us together run into 2019. And again, these things are not, they're about you. You will be impacted in these, but it's about us because you're part of the family, right? This is how us as a family can be prepared to run into 2019. And none of this is gonna be new for you. So that's easy. <laughs> that's easy. The first thing that you can be doing and a way you can be preparing yourself for what God wants to do in 2019 and what God's going to do through this family is by giving. My dad mentioned it earlier during Give and Take. We've talked about it, but we are doing our seat at the table offering like we do every year. And the reason that we do that is because we believe that this is a family and that you are part of the family. I don't know if I've said that yet this morning. But this is family, and, and just like in a family, everybody has a seat at the table. Everybody has something to bring. Everybody has something unique to give. Everybody has a role. Everybody needs something, and everybody has something to give. We all have a seat at the table. And so at the end of our year consistently, we love to say, okay, family, let's get around the table. And just like in Joshua 3, we believe God's taken us new places. We don't know what it's going to look like, but how can we jump in right now? 
How can we prepare for it and how can we be ready for it? We've talked about that in more detail a few few weeks ago. Uh, so you can go back and listen to that if you want more details. But I really want to encourage you to participate in the seat at the table offering this year. I really want to encourage you to do that. There's a lot of reasons why, and really very few of them have to do with the money. Because like God, God's done a lot with a little. He can do a little with a lot. He can do a lot with a lot. He can, he can pull off what he needs to pull off, right? Jesus said that our hearts are going to be where our treasure is. I want my heart in the thing that God's going to do next. And so that's why I'm going to participate in this offering. Because I believe that in doing so, I'm, I'm in. And I want, to, I want to be given to it already before it happens. Because I believe it's going to be good. The other thing is, even just in the last couple of years as we've done this, God has done over and above on the financial side through this church. It's crazy, and that's been amazing and so fun to watch. But I also know so many stories, and myself included, our family included, that besides the money, because like money's gonna come in, Whatever's, whatever, we've set a goal, we don't owe anybody money, so we can get less, more, whatever, and we just get to work with whatever God brings in, which is awesome, so there's no pressure, which is super fun, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but you know, no, regardless of what comes in, like that money, it's gonna get used. It'll get spent, it'll be invested in different things. Like that money will go away at some point, right? Like it'll, it'll go away, that's not gonna last. But what is gonna last is you. And I know that every time that I participate in giving, the money at some point, it disappears. But what doesn't disappear is my story with God. After my tithe is, is gone every month, after my contribution to seat at the table is gone every year, that money gets used, but my testimony stays. And I have another story with God where I said, okay, God, I didn't know what you were gonna do, but I chose to jump in on it. And even when the dollar amounts look different at different times, generally it always feels like a stretch. <laughs> There's generally always other things I think that we could really use that money for. But every time, I have another story. My family has another story where we said, no, we're gonna be in for what God's doing next. We're gonna take a little bit of a risk here. And he does it. And I've seen so many people, even just in this church in the last few years, get their first story with God because they chose to participate in this offering. And so whether you give regularly, whether you're kind of on the journey of it, whether you think this is weird or not, whether you wish we would stop talking about it and why do we have to talk about money so much in church? We gotta talk about money in church because you're connected to your money, just like I am. And God loves you a lot. And I wanna invite you to participate. I'm not gonna put a dollar figure out there. That, I, I don't know who gives in this church or, or how much or any of It's got nothing to do with any of that. We just wanna be people who are free and ready to jump into what God's gonna do. Amen? So on December 16th, we're gonna do that together. I wanna encourage you, if you're gonna participate, to uh, give via check, if at all possible, just to help us get, uh, avoid some of the fees that come with some online stuff at the end of the year. And then I wanna encourage you, if at all possible, to come ready to give on December 16th, because we're a family, and it'd be really fun to do it all as a family. Does that sound good? So December 16th, keep it on your radar. Between now and then, be talking about it, talking about it with God. Um, if you're married, be talking about it. Bring your kids into it. I know Beth said the kids are gonna be doing change stuff and all kinds of fun stuff. Just let's do it as a family. Let's do it as a family. It's gonna be fun. That's the first way you can participate in getting ready for 2019. The second way you can participate is by serving and by serving here on Sunday mornings because this is the time that we all get together and, and I wanna ask you to jump in to serve. So many of you already are and you're amazing and I wanna ask you to keep going because it's fun and we're gonna keep making it even better. If you're not serving, I wanna invite you into it and not because like the way that you're gonna serve on Sunday morning is like the pinnacle of what God's called you to. 
okay? Like, there we got production people. We got some kids, people watching kids on the band. We got a lot of people that do a lot of things on Sundays, and very few of them do it because that's the thing God called them to. You know, like, let's, it didn't have to be that way. We do it because we're family, and, like, we're all here together, and so let's all pitch in. Like, Thanksgiving, you know, like, everybody brings some of the casserole, right? <laughs> that's your act of serving. So this next year, if you've been serving, then I, th- I hope this will be good news for you. Um, if you haven't been serving, I hope this brings clarity for you because I think something that is helpful to know is what exactly is the ask? If I'm going to serve, what exactly are we asking? And so that's been very ambiguous. For, well, no. For the last two and a half years, it's been, hey, can you serve all the time and everything? <laughs> Just in general. Uh, anybody from the old national days? Oh, man. Served in kids twice a month, host team the other two times of the month. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so we're, we want to clarify that as we're growing and make it, make it a bigger win for all of us. So we're going to be doing what we are going to call serve seasons. There's going to be two serve seasons in 2019. They're going to be six months long, which means that when you step onto a team to serve, you are committing to uh, those six months of serving. When those six months are coming to an end, your team leaders will be reaching out to you and kind of saying, hey, do you want to re-up for the next season or do you need to kind of take a season off? And then if you take a season off, we'll sort of revisit it again when the next season comes along. Because I think that, you know, we, we, you probably, if you've been around church and served in church, you've probably heard the, the danger word burnout, right? Like, oh gosh, like I, I, I signed up, I, I did the thing and I got used up and now I'm scared of serving in church. <laughs> And I just don't think that has to be a thing. And so we're going to avoid it and, and make it really fun to be a part of this. So we're building in a rhythm uh, where it's easy for everybody to jump on. And we also want to build in a rhythm where you know you're not ambiguously signing up for the rest of your life or like whatever. So we're hoping that on the team leader side of things that it'll make it easier so that if you need to transition off, you know when your end point is because you've committed and it takes away the team leader like week to week kind of juggle, but it also takes away the ambiguity for you of like, when you're like, when you feel like you have to jump off, you're like, oh shoot, am I letting everybody down or like what's happening here? So we're, uh, I want to invite you onto two specific teams, our host team and our kids team. And so we're going to have them come up and share real briefly. Does anybody love Lindsay Frazee? Okay. Come on up, Linz. I was hoping you'd pick Beth first. Um, I'm Lindsay. Uh, Mark and I lead the host team. Come on. Yeah, so we've been leading since the days at Old National. Um, It's really an honor to lead and serve alongside these amazing group of people. Um, They really, truly have sacrificed a lot over the past two years, and it's really been a lot of fun. So um, our vision for Host Team is to create an environment where people can encounter the love, the power, and the presence of God. And I truly believe that starts in the lobby. Um, So I believe we set the stage for people to come into this environment and then to experience God through our worship and through our sermons. And um, so what you do really matters. You're not just showing up and holding a door. Like we are the tangible hands and feet of Jesus when we encounter each person. So that is the goal. That is the desire. And I hope each of you have felt that as you've come into this body. Uh, the practical ask is, as Andrew was saying, we will do once a month. Um, you will pick a Sunday that you would want to serve. So whether it be the first, second, third, or fourth, you will sign up. You will be assigned to a team. Um, you will come on Sunday mornings at 9.15, and we have what uh, I call a host team huddle. Um, so in that huddle, you will get your greeting assignments. Um, so we have greeting stations throughout the lobby. Um, you've seen, obviously, offering. We do offering, and then we facilitate um, the info desk after the service for anyone that has any questions about getting connected to the church more. 
Um, so that will be kind of your role. And then at the meeting, you will get the greeting assignments. We'll have a time of prayer. And once a month, that's the ask. So if any or none, like, well, some of that has to excite you. So if any or all of it excites you, then I would love for you to be a part of the team. So good. Way to go, Lance. Awesome. Anybody felt loved by the host team before? Way to go, way to go. Come on, Beth, tell us about kids. She's back. Yeah, can't get enough of the mic, I guess. <laughs> Andrew said, you got five minutes. This was a couple months ago. Then he changed it to, t- to three. So, oh, good, Lord. Um, I could talk all day. I am Beth Yoder, and I just took over the Antioch Kids um, director position in August. Love it. Sam and Sarah have been amazing, and now we're just continuing to build on what they've started. So um, we, uh, so many great things have been happening in Antioch Kids, and when I was praying about whether to take this position or not, God just said, yes, you are supposed to do it because you are to help families and children be equipped to fight the lions in their lives that they will face as they um, serve the Lord. So we're going to do great things, and great things are happening. I could go on and on about amazing testimonies. Uh, one quick one I want to give you is that... That last week, shout out to my husband, he was in the Lions class, and he was, they were, the Lions are the elementary, seven through ten-year-olds. Um, by the way, one-third of our church, ten and under, just to let you know. So awesome. And um, so the Lions were speaking, uh, the Lions were learning about angels, and what does the Bible say about angels, and, and how, did God, how does God use angels? And um, so we do small groups, and so Ken was leading his small group, talking about angels, and he said, you know, I was in a worship service one time, and a friend of mine saw an angel standing there as God was setting people free in the worship service. One of the young children said, I just want to stand up and yell, hallelujah, I'm so excited. And he said, go ahead. So she jumped up, and she said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I mean, literally, this is a girl that you wouldn't expect this from, but God used her mightily, and the Holy Spirit was filling her up and exciting her in things. So it was awesome. Things like that happen all the time. And so I just want to invite you to be a part of our team. The ask is, just like the host team, once a month, and so it would be six times because you're signing up for six months in the serve season. And in that ask, you would come at 9.15 to be a part of the pre-meeting. And that is a time that we're going to spend time worshiping the Lord and praying over our kids and seeking his face for our babies. And that we're going to also do a few equipping and, and things like that, announcements that happen in special events. Um, but we just really want to take time to praise and worship the Lord for ourselves. So we're ready to give to our kiddos. Um, and then once a month, you or once during that serve season, so you'll serve for six Sundays. So let's say you signed up for the first Sunday of every month. You serve every first Sunday of every month. And one of those times you would come at nine o'clock to babysit the kids who come early with their parents for the worship time when they're practicing for the hostess people who are getting set up and for the kids workers who are coming then at 9.15 for the pre-meeting. So that's just a one-time deal. Um, and then we'll be giving you videos. We'll be sending you really short um, videos, but to help you feel equipped so you're not like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm just this, I don't even really work with kids. I don't even know what to say. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be an educator. That's my job. All you have to do is have a willing heart. We've had some amazing servers say yes. So um, that's all we're asking is um, to say yes once a month, and we'll equip you from there. So good. Awesome. So good. 
All right, we're going to wrap up here. Band can come on up. We're going to wrap up with one song. And uh, what I want to do to close is we're going to have a little bit of a response time to all of this. It's going to be similar to something we did a few weeks ago. I want everybody to pull out your phone. Go ahead and pull out your phone and uh, create a text message. And I want you to text the number on the screen. Text serve to that number. And uh, we are going to respond by filling out a little form and seeing if you want to jump on one of these teams for the first serve season of 2019. We're gonna make it as easy as possible for you. I really want you to go ahead and participate in this as we do one more song together. When you're done with it, it's like two questions, I think. Uh, then we can worship as we close our time this morning. But again, what you're doing is you are, you are saying, yes, I wanna be a part of one of or, or both of these teams for the first serve season of 2019. So even if you're serving right now, Go ahead and fill out the form if you're wanting to jump on one of these teams and be a part of it. And like Beth said, a third of our church is under the age of 10. We have 50 plus kids in the back every single week. Wow, a lot of banging doors going on here. Uh, we have 50 kids back there every week. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and throw this out there because I genuinely have been praying about this. Like, God, is this okay to say? I want to ask every single one of you to sign up for Antioch Kids. No, if you do, you probably won't be needed the whole time. But I think that that's what it's gonna take for us to care for the kids that we have, but also to be ready for your neighbor's kids and your friend's kids and your, your nephews and your nieces who are gonna start coming this next year when you start spending time with God, when you start making disciples, when you get involved in giving away your life to other people, we're gonna be ready for their kids. So you may not be needed, you may not even end up serving six times or whatever, but you've signed up and you said, I'm in the queue for when there's 60 kids, when there's 70 kids, we don't know how we're gonna pull it off, but we're gonna be ready for it, right? Because today, we're going to choose to be involved for the great things God's going to do tomorrow. Let me pray for us. I want to encourage you to fill that out and then let's worship together. Lord, we love you and we thank you that even when you don't tell us the whole plan, you give us the vision. And I pray that you would fill all of us with vision. I pray that every single person, Lord, right now, you would move us to understand that we have a part to play. I thank you that you'd convict us right now that I am part of the family. And I believe in what you're going to do next, even though I don't know exactly what it is. But come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen.